0: There was a Catholic monk asked a question. What, if you could use one word, would be the word that you would use to describe Jesus? Now, when I heard this question to the monk, I, I had all kinds of ideas. I thought, Savior, Healer, Righteousness, Almighty. But the monk replied to this question by saying, if I could describe Jesus in one word, I would say relaxed. I'd never thought of that before, but the monk explained that if you consider that God has always existed, Jesus in his divinity has always existed. He's not just eternal, but he's infinite. There was no beginning to Jesus. Even though in his humanity, there was a, a beginning. And then when he became man, what did he do for the first 30 years of his life? He just relaxed with his parents, his, his mother and his foster father, Joseph. Worked as a carpenter. Took the annual Family pilgrimage to Jerusalem every year. And what does Jesus do at the beginning of his ministry? Just as he's baptized and the Father blesses him saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I delight. The Holy Spirit fills him up with that experiential knowledge of God's love in his humanity he then relaxes by spending 40 days in the desert, just him and the father and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a slightly different picture than we tend to think about that time in the desert. It says at that time, Jesus was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. But it says, He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was hungry. Then the tempter approached him. And so in some sense, yes, he was sent into the desert to be tempted, but he was so filled in his humanity with the love of the Father and the Spirit that for the first 40 days, and this is just speculation, It seems that the devil's temptations had no effect on him, not because of his divinity, but because in his humanity, he was knowing the love of the Father in the power of the Spirit. You can just imagine him in his humanity, that that resounding voice of God the Father saying, You are my delight, you are my beloved Son. And so we are invited on this 40-day fast, but we need to be, begin the same way Jesus began, by remembering that when you were baptized, God spoke over you, and he has never stopped saying over you, you are my beloved child in whom I delight. this theme of being relaxed that God is relaxed and so we need to relax for these 40 days that's a theme that I want to keep coming back to throughout Lent but I've also had it on my heart for several months now to to go through the the seven deadly sins and show what they are and how Jesus overcomes them we see that what Adam and Eve experienced versus what Jesus experienced were exactly the opposite. Adam and, the, Adam and Eve shouldn't have been able to be tempted. They went, they were in this luscious garden. They had everything they wanted. They were completely filled and satisfied, spirit, soul, and body. And yet, even still, the evil spirit was able to lie to them and trick them, and they chose to turn their backs on God and on the life of virtue, the life of grace. But Jesus went not into a a place where he was completely filled, but he went to a place where he was completely empty so that he could be filled more and more with the love of God, so that no temptation would have any effect on him. And so I want to start this Lent by, by looking at the vice of sloth. The capital vice of sloth. And the reason I want to start with it is because there's many theologians, in fact I, I said last night it was unanimous, but there are some theologians that, that, that have a different perspective, but there's many theologians who say that the greatest sin in the United States Today, perhaps in the Western world, but definitely in the United States, the greatest sin that we have as Americans is sloth. Now, every time I've heard a theologian say this, I'm always surprised. We're so busy. We're always doing stuff. But we need to properly understand what the nature of sloth is. And so I want to... I want to encourage you to consider the book A Tour of the Summa. It's a simple explanation of what St. Thomas Aquinas says, and you can actually get the whole thing online. Just Google A Tour of the Summa, and uh, the author is Monsignor Paul J. Glynn. <coughs> and so the uh, way that Thomas Aquinas explains the, the the seven deadly sins is that every single one of the seven deadly sins is not just a behavior, but it's a mindset. It's a mentality. It's a perception of reality that's not true. And also, each one of them is directly in reference to one of the three virtues that are given to us so that we know that we are saved through faith. We're being saved through love and we will be saved through hope. And so each of the, the seven deadly sins are an attack on faith, hope, and charity because that those virtues are the virtues that bring about all the 10 commandments and every. Thing that we need for salvation as we receive Jesus in the sacraments. <clears throat> the second thing I want to <clears throat> point out before I actually read sloth, what the definition of sloth is, he puts sloth right in between hatred and envy. Hatred and envy. And so hatred is to despise someone. And Envy means not jealousy means that that I want what someone else has envy means I want what you have and I don't want you to have it and so he puts sloth right between those two and the reason he does so is because sloth is a sin against charity and so this is what he says sloth is sluggishness of mind, which neglects the beginning of good. It is a kind of oppressive sorrow for what is in itself good, which so weighs on a person's mind that he chooses to do nothing. Sloth is spiritual laziness. It is a sin and a capital sin. Sloth is sorrow for spiritual good. It is a special vice opposed to charity. For charity rejoices in the good which sloth finds the occasion for sadness. And I'll just point out here that it used to be that we, we thought that there was actually eight deadly sins. And the eighth sin was sadness. Not the feeling of sadness, but choosing not to rejoice in God. And actually, Thomas Aquinas says that it is a serious sin, not one of the deadly sins, but it is a serious sin not to rejoice in God. Because we're choosing to forget what he gives to us through faith, hope, and love. And so, so sadness, though, he also puts it as part of the vice of sloth. And that's what he describes. Sadness is, or or sloth is, is a sadness of the mind because the good seems too hard to do, or because doing good is not worth the effort. So he goes on Sloth is therefore, by its nature, contrary to charity. And by that fact, it is a mortal sin. Yet, like all sins that are mortal, Sloth is not mortal, in fact, unless it be fully accepted by the deliberate will. And so what he means there is, is there's a difference between a sin of commission, where I do something to you, or do something that I should not do, versus a sin of omission, where I fail to do something that I should. So to, to murder is a sin of commission. Not coming to mass is a sin of omission. Both of those are mortal sins. Not coming to mass is actually a more serious mortal sin. So then he goes on. Sloth is rightly listed among the capital or source sins from which many other sins flow. And so now we consider what sloth does. So sloth, in summary, is a mindset by which I fail in charity because I see the other person is not worth loving. I fail to see God's image and likeness in the other and so I choose not to do the good for them or to them that God deserves or they deserve. So love is a fail failure, or charity is a failure to love. And why do we do it? Well, there's a difference between physical laziness and spiritual sloth. Sloth is, uh, Thomas Aquinas means it. We can be really busy, do all kinds of things, but actually be spiritually lazy. Now, physical sloth, it just means you, you, maybe you have a hard time getting out of bed or you choose to stay in bed, you choose not to finish your work. And maybe, you know, a lot of those times it only affects you, but sometimes it affects others. But if it affects others, then it's not just a physical sloth, but it's a spiritual sloth by which I am not taking the time to relax, and remember that you are worth my effort. And so we are as a society, we we keep ourselves so busy doing this thing and that thing, part of this group and that group. And we, we have all this social media so that So that, you know, when you you lay down to go to bed and you think, I need to check my Facebook and my Twitter and my Instagram. And you know what? Maybe my boss sent me an email just between when I brushed my teeth and when I laid down. And yeah, I'm on vacation. My kids want me to spend time with them. But I just really want to make sure that I do this because why? Because I failed to stop and relax and remember who my kids and my family are to me. Now the same thing can happen at work, and oftentimes a virtue or a virtue that we have in one place is a virtue we don't have in another place, and a vice we have in one place is a vice that we don't have in another place. And so we can be very, uh, very virtuous at work, but slothful at home, or vice versa. But the it's this still doesn't in my mind, measure up to the greatest sin of America. And I think it's obvious what the greatest sin of America is. Abortion. There's nothing that could be more evil than the 600,000 plus children that are killed every year in our country. We kind of set the stage for the rest of the world to do it. And how does it happen? It's not first because of murder. And it's almost—it's very rarely probably because of hatred or envy. But because of sloth, we fail to stop and to relax and to see the child in the womb so that we allow ourselves to love them. And so when we think about any act of sloth or, or inaction that is caused by the mindset of sloth, we need to consider it on that level. Now that's, that's a case where it would be a grave moral evil. But just to fail to see the dignity of the human person, Is on that same spectrum and so what I think Jesus is doing this Lent is he's inviting us to come with him and to relax and contemplate the love of the Father. St. Thomas Aquinas says what is the remedy for sloth? It's to contemplate the Father's love for us and that is what Jesus did He went into the desert filled with the Holy Spirit to contemplate the words that God the Father spoke over him in his humanity. And therefore, over every single one of us who are baptized, saying, you are my beloved child in whom I delight. Praise be Jesus Christ.